Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And it's November. Uh, How is it November already? I know. Isn't it wild? I was also just thinking like yesterday, wasn't it? um, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to try because my Spanish is so bad now. But the Day of the Dead. and And it made me think of that time we recorded an episode with Elba, my lovely dear friend. And she talked about that. And it just made me think about it. Yeah, that was maybe two or three years ago now. Yeah. But that was a good episode. Right. Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Very wow. cool. Yeah. Can't believe it's November. That's I know. I know. Um, before we get into it, I wanted to say that I discovered something this week that um, I guess it's been going on for a few months now, but Spotify has added this feature where you can comment and say what you thought about episodes of podcasts when you're listening to them. And mm-hmm. People have been very kind, and they've been responding and giving us compliments on Spotify. And I just really, that. yeah, ninety nine percent of the people that have commented have been very kind. So thank you, everybody, for doing that. That's yeah. so nice, and it helps us feel uplifted with the speech. Ah, that's so cool. So, like, can you just like see it? Like, anyone can see them, or do you have no, to? It's in our account. Um, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'll show you how to see them. But um, very nice. Thank you. And thank you to people who have given us good reviews and comments. We appreciate you. Oh, it's the month. It's the month of gratitude, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're entering into Thanksgiving. It's the month of gratitude. Hashtag blessing. Grateful. Isn't it grateful? Hashtag give thanks. Give thanks. Yeah. Do you think the Mormons are going to be doing that again this year? I'm sure. I think, yeah, I think they will. Give thanks. But but really, we are thankful for you guys. Um, Do you have any other announcements, Sarah? Um... No, other than maybe like a spoiler alert of a topic that I do want to cover because I've been watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in the evenings. It's like my, like just unwinding and my brain can't take anything. So it has to be like very basic shit in the background, which would be Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. (laughs) And I have so many things to talk about. Like, I know, Katie, you don't watch it, but listeners, if you are watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, please send us a message. Or if you follow me on Instagram, send me a separate message because I have things to discuss and I would like to do it on the episode. Maybe a full one, maybe a Patreon. I don't know. But Katie, I know you don't watch it, so we will save you. We'll spare you from having to watch the episode. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I watched the first season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for the podcast and I don't know if I could do it again, but I want to hear about it. So, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to go into any more and then we can get into the episode. But I will say this is season four, I think now or season three. Can't be, can't really remember the, the season. But the first few ones, they don't talk about Mormonism that much. And this season, because of Heather Gay's book, Bad Mormon, they go into a lot of detail about 
Mormonism and a lot of stuff that we talk about and something else, mm. which is crazy. Well, I maybe I will it. have to watch it then. Yeah, I think you might. I think you might have to, and we'll have to dissect it. Anyway, <laughs> that's my only announcement. I just want anyone else who's watching it to just, I just want to chat about it. I have so many feelings and thoughts on it. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah. Teaser for a, for a future episode. Um, okay, so this week I found a an article from the church magazine, the Liahona, and <laughs> it's it's still available on their website. Obviously, that's how I found it. I didn't have like a physical copy of the magazine, um, and it's called "Strengthening the Family: Multiply and Replenish the Earth." <laughs> and, oh no! When did this <laughs> I believe it was published in two thousand six. That's gross. I thought you were going to say, like, 1975. Oh, no. This was not that long ago. (laughs) Uh, And it says it's a continuing series giving insights for your study and use of the family, a proclamation to the world. So apparently this was part of a series that was published in the magazines, which, oh, goody. That's just great. And the subtitle (laughs) (laughs) the little subtitle is the first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertained to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife. We declare that God's commandment for his children to multiply and replenish the earth remains in force. (laughs) I just get grossed out by the term multiply and replenish. I do too. I find it. It's so like, Oh, I don't know. Like, hospital sterile vibes like I don't know <laughs> right. like and right. also I just think like a a lab I don't know why it just seems so I don't know. impersonal multiply multiply this the specimens right <laughs> yeah exactly and can we talk about how odd it is that they say the first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertained to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife I I can't believe that I used to think that Adam and Eve were real (laughs) and that um you know if even if okay let's set aside the whole weirdness of god just boom created a human and then boom created a a woman from his rib whatever but besides that their first commandment was to be parents as husband and wife how would they even know what marriage was if they were the only humans how do you get married they didn't have a temple yeah. And then how do you multiply and replenish the earth when it's just you two, you have babies. So then does the, is it just a bunch of incest? Because yeah. then you'd have to have sex with the children to then get impregnated once again. Yeah. With, it's weird, right? <laughs> I always thought that even as a devout Mormon, I was like, this has to be more figurative than literal. Right. And people are like, no, right. it's like literal. And I'm like, but. But then what? You can't. Yeah. And it's, incest. And, and it's, 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 like, what? it's ignoring basic science and evolution as well. It's it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I, I guess I was maybe in the same boat as you where I kind of had the question, but then it was uncomfortable. So I just let it be when I was yeah. an active Mormon. I was like, okay, whatever, Adam and Eve. But there are people when you ask them this question, they full, full fledgedly just believe that it was literal, and I, I Wait. do not understand. <laughs> I, 
do not at all. Also, oh. I think this just makes me think of this is kind of off topic, but not really. Um, Adam and Eve. I saw this meme the other day that was <laughs> <laughs> a tweet that some, I guess, a Christian wrote of, you know, you guys need to stop canceling people. Imagine if God canceled people over like you know defying things or like changing their mind or having a stance I don't remember the exact quote and then the person responded like uh literally God canceled Adam and Eve <laughs> for just saying that they didn't yeah like they, they because they, they ate a piece of fruit she and they ate got a canceled. Fruit. you know what God canceled <laughs> the entire population except for Noah's family because he was he was petty and angry and so he killed every man woman child animal Except for Noah's family. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Okay, so this article begins. President James E. Faust addressed a shift in attitude about the purpose of marriage. More and more young people view marriage as a couple's relationship designed to fulfill the emotional needs of adults rather than an institution for bringing up children. What? Yeah, you heard that right. They're upset because people are viewing marriage as a couple's relationship when they should be viewing it as an institution to bring up children. The oh, fuck? okay. So it's not about relationships. It's literally just about multiplying and bringing up children. That's just that's it. just breeding more cattle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Another disturbing challenge to the family, observed President Faust, is that children are becoming less valued. In many parts of the world, people are having fewer children. Abortion is probably the clearest sign that couples do not want children. An estimated one quarter of all pregnancies worldwide end by induced abortion. I tried to look this up and I, granted, I didn't search very far, but I don't know if that's accurate. I don't it's, think that's accurate. I mean, again, I'm not quarter. like a scholar on this, so maybe it is, but that does not sound accurate. It doesn't sound accurate, but even if it is, why does he care? Yeah. You know, this whole thing of like children aren't valued and people are having less children. Maybe people are having less children because maybe they have one or two and they value those children. <laughs> Yeah, and they don't need more or they don't feel like they can they can properly, adequately care for more children. But, you know, it's totally that mentality. You know, now that I have one kid, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it makes me think about back in the day when I was like super Mormon devout and especially when I was younger in like my early 20s. And I thought like, oh, I need to get married right away, have kids, have four to five kids. And it was like. I remember thinking about, you know, cultures or, you know, different countries and cultures that would say like, oh, you need to have just like one or two and just being like, oh, my God, how could you just have one or two? That's (laughs) that's so wrong on so many levels and it's so unfair to kids and blah, blah, blah. And it was just such a privileged lens as well. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of exactly that, like doing what you can for your family and the best thing that you can do sometimes means not having more kids. It means that you need to just focus on the one that you have for either financial reasons, for emotional reasons, mental health, like your own personal goals, which I think is hard for a lot 
especially women to, to even consider because you feel so guilty and society makes you feel like a horrible human being if you want to have a career and be a mom and do things yeah. that don't involve your kid 24 seven. So it's just wild to think at that time that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe someone would even question having, you know, more children and not just settling for one or two. And now I'm like, um, yeah, definitely one or two like Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and for someone like me, from my viewpoint, yeah. I, I was, when I was growing up, you're told to have, you know, get married and have children. And so I thought that I wanted I guess in my head, I, I didn't ever necessarily really want kids, but I, I thought that that was what I was supposed to want. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so anyways, growing up, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I'll get married and have kids. Well, now as a 30 something year old, I, I can tell you, I do not want children at, at least right now. And I don't think ever, and, yeah, but exactly. to hear, to hear something like this as, you know, growing up, if, if you don't have that natural desire, you feel like there's something wrong with you, like you're broken or there's something off about you. You're not as righteous because you don't have that desire to have kids. And it's perfectly normal to not want children. Yeah. And also, can we just address there are people who are infertile that are unable exactly. to have children. So that's even more heart wrenching. Yeah. I <clears throat> the whole thing is. It hurts everybody, right? <laughs> it hurts everyone, and it's just so fucking annoying. It's no one's business. I mean, I know I'm kind of going yeah. on a little bit of a tangent that's not 100% related, but it is just like one of those things that just stop asking women yes. when they're going to have kids or if they have a kid, when they're going to have their next kid, when they're planning. It's just it's none of your goddamn business. If someone yeah. talks to you about it, that's fine. But if they don't mention it to you, it's probably for a reason. So just leave it alone. Just and I think I, I'm guessing that all of our listeners absolutely agree. But can I just say, unless you see a baby coming out of a person's vagina, do not ask them if they are pregnant. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Never ask someone when they're due unless they tell you, hey, I'm pregnant. Then discuss it. Never ask. No. If you have not been told, okay? Never <laughs> fucking ask. It's the worst feeling in the world. Okay, it's not the worst, but it's just really like, uh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not pregnant. And it's, it's just that, invasive. Like, it's just like yeah. don't comment on people's bodies. Because even if someone is pregnant, maybe they're not ready to talk about it yet. There's so many things that could be happening, you know? So just... Oh, it's just so annoying. Mind your own. Yeah. <laughs> or even if someone tells you you're pregnant, maybe don't say, oh, my God, when's your due date? Because you look like you're having twins. Don't. Oh. Either. Don't. Yeah. Don't comment on. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll end up with a pregnant hormonal southern sassy woman like going to choke you out in the middle of the store. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what happened with the cashier. I was like. Bitch, I'm really? not having to. Yeah, someone at a like a, a grocery store in the UK asked me. I think it was in June, July, so I was only like six, seven months pregnant, and and she was like, "Oh, when's your due date? You must be around the corner." And I was like, "No, I still have like three months or however long it was." And she's like, "Oh my God, are you having twins?" And I was like, what? no, I'm not having twins. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, though. That doesn't feel good, especially as a pregnant woman. And then yeah, I was with my mother-in-law. So I walked off and I was like, fucking bitch. But I said it so loud that she could hear me. <laughs> I was like, 
Who asked someone that? Like, I was just, like, going off. Especially a stranger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. This, I know that this happens just in general population, but from my experience, when I was a Mormon, it seemed to happen more often because you were expecting women to get pregnant. And so anytime anyone's body looked slightly different or someone was wearing something flowy to whatever, not show their stomach people would be like oh I wonder if she's pregnant not cool yes oh I know so many people (laughs) in Mormon church when I was in it and active and even when I left the church um where people would get married and the first they would ask was like oh are you pregnant because they they would wear a flowy dress or you know when you're married and you're happy sometimes you gain a little bit of weight because you're just like you're so happy you're not caring about like Oh, I have to be on diet or I have to do that. You're just enjoying life. Yeah. Um, and then people ask you, are you pregnant? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's been two minutes. No, leave me the fuck alone. I just got married last night. Fuck off. It's you know been what I mean? Two minutes. How would I know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so we'll continue with this lovely article. It says abortion is a two edged sword. Not only does it encourage selfishness and the promiscuous use of powers of procreation, this widespread practice often makes adoption more difficult for married couples who are unable to bear children of their own. So they're difficult considering that they also are insensitive to people who can't have children, but they put mm-hmm. all this pressure on them to have kids mm-hmm. and bring up things. Yeah. Like so they're saying women who get abortions are they're just promiscuous and we know that's not usually the case most people that get an abortion don't get an abortion as a form of birth control it's usually a last you know resort thing and for many reasons and none of them are anyone's business but then saying that abortions makes adoption more difficult because there are less babies to adopt that's ridiculous to say. So you just want a woman to go through this unwanted pregnancy to put a child in in the system, in the adoption system. What? what? Why would you do that? It, it, and it's, it's not taking into account the woman's body and risking her life through a pregnancy. What? Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm like, I, I don't even, I can't. I, just I know it's ridiculous. The rationale I don't understand. <laughs> Bringing children into the world is certainly not convenient. Most often, it involves physical pain, followed by great sacrifice and selflessness. But the blessings of keeping God's command to rear children are some of the sweetest blessings He offers. Indeed, in many ways, parenthood gives us a foretaste of Godhood, which. Uh- <laughs> that's fucked up wow. for a taste of like you want to be like god so create children so if you um, can't create kids again like if you really want to but you can you read this it's like oh thanks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but on the flip side according to mormonism i'm basically one step closer to being a god this yeah i mean you're you're a goddess already let's let's <laughs> fucking say it <laughs> Okay, as important as the commandment to multiply and replenish the earth is, the Lord has made clear that we must demonstrate our obedience only within the marriage relationship. 
There are numerous reasons for this restriction, but two of the most significant are to discourage sexual promiscuity and to provide a stable and healthy family environment for children. I love how they think that anyone who has sex outside of marriage is, quote unquote, promiscuous. Uh, yes, right? Because that's that's all it is. If you want to have sex outside of marriage, it just means that you just you're a slut. That you, you're a slut. You're a <laughs> whore. I was like, do I just say you're a slut or whore? Yeah, that's just what the Mormons think. And, and again, we were like that. I used to think like, oh, if that person's having sex outside of marriage, they must be like a skank. They're like yeah. whore. No. <laughs> but even if someone moved in with their boyfriend, you think, oh, that means they're having sex. What a slut. Well, it's like, you're, they're just having sex with each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh also, I just want to apologize for my past self because I yes. I support sluts now. Yes, go. <laughs> <laughs> we are all for the sluts. We support yes. you. Sex positive. <laughs> um, in most societies, bearing children out of wedlock has traditionally been considered an embarrassment and a disgrace. But in today's world, where good is called evil and evil is called good, the stigma of non-marital childbearing has largely vanished. Not only is this practice a sin in the eyes of heaven, but researchers have found out-of-wedlock birth to be associated with several risks for the baby. For instance, compared with children born to married couples, children born out of wedlock are more likely to die of sudden infant death syndrome, suffer death due to injury, or eventually become juvenile offenders. What the actual fuck? That cannot be a real stat. I cannot. What? I know. I know. How do they even even conduct this research? Like, how are they getting these numbers or these... What? Yeah, he just says researchers. He has no citation, no actual data. And it's really disgusting. And because you know there's single mothers and single single parents reading this. That's and so bad. you know, people can have children and not be married as well. That's technically out of wedlock, but they could still be together. I mean, it happens all the time outside the fucking U.S. Get over it. Like, living... I know. Especially in Germany, it was like most of the people I knew, like, their parents were never married. They just... Yeah. Were together. But, like, it's not the same thing. It's just that stupid old school construct, especially in the States and in Mormonism, that's like, you can't have a family unless you're married. Like, yeah. it's just, that's the only way of having a family that's healthy. Quick. Right. And this reads very um, ableist and elitist and almost kind of racist in a way, because, you know, they're referring, you know, this they become juvenile offenders, you know, talking about people who are in lower lower classes or whatever, don't have as much economic status (sighs) and uh, not taking into account what families have to go through in those instances. And it's like, oh, well, it's because. They, they were born out of wedlock and they didn't follow God's commandment, blah, blah, blah. Like, ew, fuck. So what do you want? You you say you want everyone to have as many kids as possible, but you also don't want them out of wedlock. Like, 
And you also don't support them financially. And if like, what you can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Children born to unwed parents and placed for adoption fare significantly better than those who are not adopted. They experience fewer learning problems, achieve higher vocational levels, and are less likely to receive government assistance as adults. Again, fucking classist as shit. It is obvious that bringing children into the world and raising them the Lord's way results in spiritual and temporal blessings. I, I, we hear all the time, though, that people who go through the system and perhaps aren't adopted, or even if they are, sometimes they're not adopted to families that treat them well. And a lot of times, oh. you know, there are wonderful foster care parents, but there we also hear of terrible ones. Yeah. So it's not as though their life is necessarily easier if they are placed for adoption. No. And in some instances, it's probably harder. I mean, I guess I can't really, I can't speak to that, but he's making it seem like, oh yeah, just have the kid and, but don't, don't raise them as your own if you're not married because that's shameful but it's also like I mean that that alone is really fucked up like that Mm -hmm. that to me is disgusting to be like oh if you have a kid out of wedlock you should give it up to adoption because someone else would raise your kid better because you're not married like fuck off yeah but then the other part is like to to put women in that situation women who you know who don't want to go through the adoption process which is really fine considering they have to carry that child for nine months right that would be very 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 difficult it's already a mentally and emotionally draining thing I mean I don't know I don't have experience but I would assume from having carried my own child that I couldn't imagine having to do it even though I never wanted the child and then You know, like I wanted to have an abortion, but I, you know, was pressured into keeping the child and then having this emotional and mental like and physical everything of growing this child inside you that you didn't want because you couldn't financially or whatever your reasons were. You don't have to have a reason, but whatever it's your choice and then have to give birth Mm -hmm. and then give up the child. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas that. Yeah. It's so traumatizing for the woman on so many different levels and just further amplifies the emotional side. And when they think that when women get an abortion, it's just like there's no emotion to it. That's not true. Like you Mm -hmm. still have a lot that you deal with and from like mental health and from your emotions. It's not like it's a cold hearted like, yeah, this is my form of birth control. I'm just going to get pregnant and have an abortion every time. Like. It's a very, very low minuscule percentage of people who would actually think that way. You know what I mean? If if that even exists, like it's just not, it's not the thing. And so to put a woman through all of that, I just, it's heartbreaking to me. Like it really is. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's, it's control over her body and she doesn't have a say. No. And the church is telling, yeah, telling her what to do. All right. After the Lord commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he commanded them to replenish the earth and subdue it. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word translated as replenish means to fill. For many uh, years, <laughs> no, <laughs> for many years, we have heard warnings about overpopulation and the devastating effects it can cause. While some areas of the world are experiencing a negative impact from extreme population density, 
the world as a whole is actually moving in the opposite direction. Indeed, re research indicates that by the year 2040, world population will peak and begin to decline. Okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I couldn't wait to hear what you said. I mean, at that come point. on. But they've always driven that narrative. It's all, and it's something that, again, is like a little naive Mormon I thought was the case. Like, oh, my God, the world's population is dwindling. And then you have shows like Handmaid's Tale, right, where it is like yeah. this apocalyptic, dystopian, you know, critique on the fact that religious people do push that narrative of, you know, women are not because they become promiscuous and they stop having children and the population will decline and there will only be a select amount of women who can have children and murmur, murmur, murmur. And it's like, no, that doesn't happen. Actually, our population is still increasing. Like some of the birth rate, like as in like, uh, what is it called? Um, it's not birth rates, is it? Uh, I think so. What are you trying to Isn't say? Isn't birth rates like as in yeah. like country by country? So I think there was yeah. a stat recently that said the U.S. has dropped um, birth rates since the pandemic because, you know, people were like, well, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't afford, afford. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I just think it's so interesting because there are so many people on the earth it, that they're worried about. There's not enough people. Why? What? What, what are you worried about? And they use this argument to to, ar to argue against LGBTQ rights, saying that, yeah. oh, if people are gay, they can't have kids, which means that the world's going to end because we can't, <laughs> we can't keep populating it. It's like, you don't understand how things work, right? We can still, we can still keep generations happening. You don't have to physically put the P in the V every exactly. single time <laughs> have you ever heard of artificial insemination i mean there's lots of ways to do this but <laughs> also as always they make it sound like being gay is a new thing it's like it's <laughs> yeah not yeah. new yeah. the world well, hasn't barely yet. happened oh no oh my the world's going to end because of yeah. pride parades oh. <laughs> we can't sustain birth rates and population because everyone's gay now and it's like <laughs> no it's like excuse me most people still like it's I don't even know if it's you know most people I would guess I don't know the percentages but more than not identify as straight right so yeah, it's like exactly. we're, it's, it's, oh suddenly the whole world has become gay oh my <laughs> which God. that would be lovely wouldn't it that would be lovely we can dream <laughs> we can dream <laughs> okay <laughs> Probably a more relevant issue than population density is how we use the resources God has given us to support the population now and in the future. You're going to love this, Sarah, oh, boy. because because any logical person would think, oh, he's going down the road of like, we need to conserve our energy and use our resources well. Right. Yeah. Well, this is what Elder Henry B. Eyring says, quote, the enemy of human happiness, as well as the cause of poverty and starvation, is not the birth of children. It is the failure of people to do with the earth what God would teach them to do if only they would ask and then obey. What? So <laughs> he's saying overpopulation isn't the issue. The issue is you guys haven't been praying and asking God how to use these resources. <laughs> 
That, like, honestly, I was like, did I understand that right? Yeah. We're saying that you need to pray to God about Earth and about... Yeah, that, okay. yeah our, all of our geologists, conservationists, everyone, they're not praying to Mormon Jesus. And so that's why we're, you know, struggling. That's why our resources are, are struggling. It's not it's not overpopulation. It's not climate change. No, no, no. It's because we haven't been praying. <laughs> that's uh, the earth that's going up in flames and is increasingly <laughs> hotter each year has nothing to do with how we treat the earth or overpopulation. It's just that. You haven't been praying. So I now need to pray to Mother Earth. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That, that reminds me, um, when you said pray, I told Scott I was coming in here to record and he was like, all right, have fun. Godspeed. And I was like, you mean Satan speed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the end of that article in the Liahona. And I guess it was part of a series. I didn't look up the other ones, but um, I just found it really disgusting I and yeah it was written in 2006 I believe but that wasn't that long ago but they definitely have um mellowed out their language I feel like I don't know if they would say it this straightforward today maybe they would I don't know it's still on their website so it's still I don't on their know website, but they don't promote it I think that they do yeah, yeah no the language back in the day and I mean I, I can't speak to like what they would say in the 70s and 80s because I wasn't Mormon around that time, but definitely. Yes, you were. You were up in the. You were up in the pre-mortal existence. <laughs> sure, I was hanging out in the pre-mortal existence, just chilling, being like, "Hi, I cannot wait until I come down to be a Molly Mormon." Can't be a Molly Mormon. Wait. Um. No, I think yeah. The, the how they word things then versus now, it's very obvious that their PR team has picked it up in the last like three, five years, and they're like, "Oh shit, we have to be like." trendy and like you know we don't want to be canceled anymore so we're gonna have to like rethink how we word things and we can't be so blatant and in your face with how we we say that we're homophobic you know we gotta at least try to act like (laughs) we're using the correct terminology and that we're all about love and you know each family is unique but we're still pushing that you should have babies immediately yeah even though the teachings are all the exact same they they phrase it more, um, yeah, sugar-coated, right? Oh, man, it's so crazy to me. So yeah. kind of you think about, like, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent. Come with me, listeners. Come with me. <laughs> Take my hand as we go down this, this road. Um, <laughs> it is, isn't it wild to think about in your early 20s slash, I guess for me, I left my late 20s. But the path that I was on and where I would have ended up versus where I am now, and especially in terms of like having a kid, like a family, getting married to someone who I know I would not have fully loved um, and Mm -hmm. felt like they were my best friend, that they encouraged me, supported me, like made me want to do so much more with my life than just, you know, settling down into Mormon like doctrine, right? And mm-hmm. ideas and expectations. And then of course, you know, if I would have had kids, I'm sure I would have loved them like with a different scenario, but it's like, I'm sure I would have ended up having so many that I didn't really want to or not having the support that I felt or just feeling like all I was 
destined to do is to be pregnant and have babies and how like I don't know it's just wild to think about it it almost makes me want to cry thinking about it like yeah thinking about because you and I you know we were friends we were 18 19 years old and then after a while you know you moved to Berlin but you were still very Mormon I was I was leaving Mormonism and sure we were still friends on Facebook and we'd communicate occasionally but we weren't really close and then what brought us back together really close was you leaving the church and then doing this podcast and stuff and so it's kind of like it would have affected so much and I just feel like I could easily have seen you marrying a Mormon guy a Mormon German guy oh and then just having a bunch of babies and you would have just been another person on my Facebook profile that I'm like oh yeah I was good friends with her once and now she has six kids and lives in Berlin and I don't talk to her and it just makes me feel like and again so sad because you wouldn't have met Greg and you wouldn't have had Rory and 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 same goes for me like if I oh my god if I had married a Mormon guy I would I would definitely still be in Utah and I would have kids that I didn't want and I would be very depressed absolutely and we'd be living lives that not only like married to, to people. I mean, okay, yes, there's that small potential that we could have married like really amazing Mormon guys. I'm not saying that that. Not the ones that we dated though. But yeah, I'm just thinking about <laughs> the ones that we dated and the ones that I was very close to to oh. marrying. Or if they would have said to me, like, especially I'm just thinking about one in general, I would not have had the strength, I think, to say no, even though I knew it wasn't right, I knew that it would have been a miserable life. And it would have been like, I, at that point, it was like deep down inside me that I knew this wasn't right. Yeah. In terms of not just the person, but the life and like what I was committing to and Mormonism and everything. But I I wasn't strong enough at that point to say, okay, oh, no. Yeah. And I, mean, I would I would have married this guy and just been yeah, absolutely miserable. Girl, like, I mean, that's kind of a, an epiphany to me right now is that I if I had been proposed to by a Mormon guy, I think I would have said yes, even if I didn't, same as you just said, if I didn't really love him or whatever, because you're, you're almost conditioned to feel like if someone asks you, that means that you're worthy of something. Yes. Yes. And you're getting that attention and there, why would you say no? You know, and, and that's horrifying to me. It's really, it's like makes my stomach sink to think that I was that close and you were, I think, closer. Oh, I was so and close. It's wow. How different, how, how wildly different our lives would be. And I just think that we'd be so much more, we would, oh God, it'd be so depressing. <laughs> it would be oh. very depressing. And I think it was what, I can't remember the exact friend or maybe it was a collection of friends. But being honest, this is what happens when you're old and you have a kid and you're sleep deprived. I don't remember anything. Um, but I do, I do remember having a conversation with a friend who wasn't ever a Mormon, um, but I was good friends with, maybe it was Jay. I don't even know. Anyways, basically saying that me now versus me Mormon it's crazy to see that my personality and my entire being was really uh, mellowed down and like almost mute, like on mute as a Mormon. And then yeah. it's like, I got out of that. And now my personality is like, I'm much more confident, but I'm also just like full volume. Right. Which can be yeah. annoying to some people, but 
it's crazy because you finally feel like yourself. Like you finally are like, oh, I don't have to like hold in stuff. I don't have to yes. like feel like I'm being judged all the time. I don't have to feel guilty about not wanting certain things and just having to go along with it because I have to like marrying someone and having multiple kids because that's just what I'm supposed to do and go to the temple for the rest of my life with my EC, my eternal companion oh. and it's like and wearing garments every and day. wearing garments and pretending to feel like you love them. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's crazy. Sometimes I do like really think about it. And again, I know I say it all the time, but Katie and I, I think you and I can relate like how we have really incredible partners and how supportive mm-hmm. and amazing they are compared to the, the type of Mormon guys that we dated. And especially the one that I like one or two that I would have easily married if they would have proposed and how drastically different my life would be because I would not have that support. I would not have that love and like encouragement and any of that stuff and accepting me for me, like that would have never existed. And it is making me very emotional. I need to go hug my, my man when I get done. Yeah. My baby's kid. But yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. So Here's cheers to us for getting out. Cheers to yes. all of you listening for getting out. And if you're not fully out, we're we're here for you and we support you. And if you're listening to this, that means that you know it's bullshit and you know it's best for you. <laughs> exactly. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't you know have any regrets and do something that you want to you don't want to do for the rest of your life because the church is forcing you. Trust Absolutely. me, it's much better when you're out, even despite what they say. Yes. <laughs> it's not a horrible time when you leave. No. Yeah, they're always like, oh, if you leave the church, you'll be so sad, miserable, dark, alone. Uh, no, it's <laughs> much better. <laughs> better, promise. Do that three-step maneuver with Satan and come on and <laughs> hang out with us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.